All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 20 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we aren't on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. You can support Versus Mike History by subscribing to one of our tiers on Patreon. And for any further information regarding the podcast, go to versusmikehistory.com. Dirk makes that song. Um, but that's fire regardless. They both snapped on that. That was uh, Party in Heaven by uh, G Herbo featuring Lil Dirk. And um, what's popping, y'all? Back again for another one. Um, this episode going to be black as hell. I feel like I ain't really need to say that. I feel like if you fuck with me, you just know when things are going to go black as hell at any moment. And this is definitely one of those moments. Well, at least if you follow me throughout social, any type of social media, at least, you know where I stand with that. And, um, you know, that pretty much takes precedent over everything else that I usually do. And it's the only thing that's really even relevant to speak on. So it wouldn't even make sense to go into any other types of um, topics, even though I, I have watched I did take the time to watch things throughout the week so that I could come here and talk about them and just not films uh, per se. Um, I got about one movie to talk about. I got about one movie to talk about, and um, I'll talk about Insecure as well. If you hear loud noises in the background, I'm recording very closely to a window this week, so I apologize for that, but... That is the product of living in the hood. So, uh, yeah, amongst other things that I won't get into. But, yeah, um, we back versus Mike History, episode 20. Damn, this is episode 20, and I've been recording this at this podcast since November. So it's been about eight months that we've been together. I think we only missed about three weeks towards the beginning of the year. And then um, I really just been pushing out these um, these quarantine episodes. But nonetheless, we are here and I'm and I'm proud of that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I have in store for the podcast, but now just isn't the time because we have our issues to talk about and we all need to be using our platforms to bring awareness to the police brutality and systemic racism that's going on in the country that's been going on in this country. Um, but I'm going to start the podcast with some positive news. Um, the first piece of positivity that I want to start with 
And I think that I'm going to just start the podcast like this from now on in general, just because, you know, you want to lead with love, you want to lead with positivity and you want to address the issues that are going on in the world. But you don't want to do it in a way that takes away from the spirit of you not staying there, you know, not living in that moment or not living in those emotions. So I think the first thing that I want to address is the fact that we're still out there protesting and we're still making our voices be heard on the front lines and that there are protests still going on all around the country. Um, The fact that this was the first time, I'm pretty sure this is the first time where all 50 states were holding protests at the same time. And um, these protests even spread out to um, other nations there are protests in France. There are protests in Australia. There are protests in New Zealand. There are protests in um, where else? In South America as well. Uh, it's beautiful to see. To be perfectly honest, um, London as well. And you know these things are still happening. And it's been a long week, and we're tired, but. Um, you know, we're pushing through and we're making our demands be heard and we really need to um, defund the police. We need to because there's no reason why in every town across the country, um, the town's number one uh, number one item in their budget is for the police force. If you know that your town isn't full of crime, isn't crime infested, isn't full of deviants and thugs, as you like to call it, then there's no need, there's no need to have grenade launchers and tanks and riot gear and dogs and 20 armored trucks. You know, like it's crazy. It's crazy how much police claim they need to do so little policing and so much damage to the black community but that's just um i don't want to get into a tangent because i want like i said we're leading more positivity so the next item that i wanted to talk about is how ferguson has elected its first black mayor and this was very um this is very close to my spirit because ferguson went through crazy riots um And it was very bad for a moment. But obviously there's change happening. And this signals a very important shift in the town. Because, you know, everything that happened with Mike Brown, it like, it was very emotional. And, um, you know, the man had his hands up. And that's where the whole hands up, don't shoot catchphrase comes from. And, um, you know... It's just beautiful. So shout out to this woman. Um, I believe her name is Mayor Ella M. Jones. So congratulations to her. Um, And the next thing is that a homeless high school student graduates valedictorian. So this was absolutely beautiful to see a young black man um, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'll just read this little excerpt from... um, 
I'll just read this little excerpt. Despite battling homelessness, a Florida teen has become the top student in his high school graduating class. Martin Folsom and his mother have been in and out of homelessness since he was a kid and throughout his four years in high school. But because of his unwavering determination, he pushed through his academics and now Philip Randolph career and is now, excuse me, and is now Philip Randolph Career Academy's valedictorian. So shout out to that young black man, clearly a systemically racist system. Couldn't keep you down. And you did whatever you needed to do to provide for yourself and for your mother and to and bring y'all out of that um, situation. Hopefully that brother goes on to college or maybe vocational school and lands him a job that can help him provide for his community and rebuild it. Because that's what we need right now. We need community building. We need to be educating our youth. And we need to be educating ourselves and working together. I truly believe that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for current events. Oh, no, I'm so, I'm so, 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 so wrong. I wanted to touch on something that, um, um, I see a lot of my colleagues and my peers going through, um, out there on social media. And that is, um, as everybody starts to go back to work and everything, I see that a lot of people, um, are going through a lot of stress, you know, dealing with the protests and the current, um, all the people who are being murdered unjustly. And um, there's just a lot of black trauma. Um, The aura of our current society is like black trauma. And I feel like it's really coming down on everybody really hard. And a lot of people at their jobs are dealing with issues where they work with white people or other people of color. And, um, you know, there's this like sympathy thing with, you know, like if there's anything I need for if there's anything you need, just let me know, or, you know, take the day off. And I just wanted to, wanted to address all those people. Like I'm here for you. I get it. You know, working in these times is, is really tough. And to have somebody be- running behind you, um, you know, thinking that you need to be like pampered. It's like, no, you just want your rights. And for the people who work for companies that are acting like this isn't happening or that, you know, this isn't as big of a deal as it actually is. I'm here for you as well, because, you know, these are infuriating times. And I know me personally, I couldn't sit and work and make money for somebody who wouldn't even address my basic human rights. So if you're in that position and you have no other choice but to be in that position, um, this shout out goes out to you because, you know, it's tough. It's tough working in these times. Like who wants to focus on spreadsheets and meetings and, you know, building back whatever was lost because of COVID-19 and like nobody gets focused on that. We're focused on our livelihood. We're focused on, um, you know, the things that we need in order for black people to progress in this country. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it on that though, because I just, that was weighing heavy on my chest. So I felt like I needed to address that. I, something else I wanted to talk about was the whole phenomena of blackout Tuesday that happened this past week. Cause I wasn't feeling that at all. Like 
um, the message that was trying to be conveyed um, wasn't executed properly at all. And a lot can come from what happened. So I'll just recap. So most people know um, who are on social media, well, Instagram uh, specifically. um, Well, I'll say this. So on Monday night, I got I saw on Twitter that there was going to be some type of black industry blackout. And I saw that it was pertaining specifically to the music industry. And it had to do with, you know, bringing awareness to everything that was going on with the protests and in the news and that people in the music industry needed to take a break to, you know, um, show that these companies who have been making millions and billions of dollars off of black artists and black art, um, they need to be showing some type of sensitivity and awareness for everything that's going on. So the industry was going to take a pause. And I forget the exact hashtag. I apologize at this point, but I think it was. um, Ah, I can't remember. So anyway, uh, I heard about this Monday night. And then when I woke up on Tuesday, I woke up to Instagram being flooded with black screens. uh, With a hashtag going around that said uh, Blackout Tuesday. So apparently. uh, Between the time that I went to sleep and when I woke up. Um, the message had kind of transformed into this thing where everyone posts a black screen on their Instagram to bring awareness to the protests that are going on and that you aren't supposed to be posting your black business or your art or anything that's like personal. You're supposed to be only talking about the protests um to bring awareness um now something that most of these posts did was include a hashtag that said black lives matter we all know the black lives matter hashtag we should all know the black lives matter movement at this point if you don't do your googles now what bothers me about this is that everyone was already talking about the protests the protest is the main focus of the news because people are walking out in the daytime to protest police brutality because not only did George Floyd get murdered on camera <clears throat> with the knee being on his neck for about eight and a half minutes, the police have been uh, brutally beating up protesters that are protesting police brutality so you could see the conundrum that would arise from this uh situation where you know you can't even get the police to stop beating people up when they're protesting people getting beat up by the police um anyway to get off my tangent um instagram was flooded with black screens so I'll tell you why this bo- this is bothersome to me. This is bothersome to me because everyone was already talking about the protests. People were spreading bail funds for protesters. People were spreading facts about people who got murdered by the police and nothing happened. People were showing that there were protests happening in their city. 
um, their esteem being built up on social media. And then this trend comes around and people don't know the rules behind this trend. They just know that they're supposed to they're supposed to post a black screen. Now, what this does is all the good information that was being shared on Instagram is gone. All you see is black screens. That's first and foremost. Second of all, the people who were ill-informed about how it was, it was supposed to go, even though this wasn't even the original idea, these people added the hashtag Black Lives Matter. So what happens when you click on the Black Lives Matter hashtag? All you see is black. People who go to the hashtag who look for information on protests, on where they can donate money, on how they can help, or on where they can sign a petition, all that information is gone. So then posts come out a couple hours later and it says, don't use the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Then a post comes out a couple hours later. Oh, if you use the hashtag Black Lives Matter, you have to delete your post and repost the square all over again. Then um, I'm on Twitter after that. Wait, why can't we promote our businesses and our art? I don't understand. Um wait who started this trend so these are all questions that came to my head immediately and why i never followed behind the trend because i still to this day it's sunday this happened on tuesday i still don't know who started that trend it didn't make any sense and the people who were freely posting it didn't know that the way they were posting it was actually detrimental to the cause that they were trying to help. Um, it's very concerning. And I just want to use my platform to say that you shouldn't be following behind people, especially when it comes to social media, because it's very dangerous. And it puts us in the same position that we were in 2016 when Donald Trump got elected into the office. He got elected into the office because he got people to meet up and fight out in the streets and show the country that we're divided and he wants to bring everyone together. He got hired by hiring a company who used Facebook as a platform to convince people that the country was going in a direction that it wasn't going in, that it was worse off than it actually was. And he kind of created the issues that he ran his first campaign on after his president after he was elected so now his second election run he's running on you know keeping america it doesn't make any sense because everything's always great but you know there are so many issues and it's just it's very embarrassing it's very embarrassing times for america right now um i know i can say that as a black man I, I've always been embarrassed to, you know, be in a situation where I'm, I'm pretty much helpless, uh, if I'm working alone and, you know, if I try to divert and work with my fellow man, then it might not work out that way just because of, you know, systematic things so i know that the strength is in numbers but um oh man i lost my point all right but yeah 
Um, the Black Squares, I didn't fuck with. I don't know. It was super weird. And that's pretty much that on that. I watched a couple videos this week um, of some prominent black leaders that we've had in the past. And I want to talk to you guys about those briefly. Um, so one of the first ones that I watched on YouTube, shout out to um, Afro Marxist on YouTube and shout out to Real Black, R-E-E-L Black on YouTube. Those are two um, in the post archive, um, three channels on YouTube where they have um, really prolific black leaders, um, educators, speakers, activists um, talking and interviewing and giving their perspectives on the state of the country um, from basically the 60s on down. Um, I watched some stuff with Nikki Giovanni, um, James Baldwin, Malcolm X, um, Stukely Carmichael, or Kwame Ture. Um, um, and a couple other people whose names I can't think of right now. Uh, but I'll talk about the... Um, I want to talk about the Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin conversation because they spoke a lot about um, the role of the black men and women in America at their time. And I feel like the, the conversation I had was still very relevant today. Um, it talked about how the man um, goes to work under the white man and he has to smile all day and he has to, you know, put this front on for his boss because he needs to make money. And then when he comes home, all his anger comes out with his family so his child grows up afraid of him and his wife um slowly unloves him and you know James Baldwin was speaking on this and basically saying how uh it was basically no way of really breaking this cycle unless a man were to get become successful and really just speaking on the conundrum of you know taking out that anger on um, taking out that anger on his family and feeling like he was a trapped animal. Like he said that, you know, the, the situation where he has to go to work and smile for somebody that he absolutely despises because he gets treated horribly by him and, and given pennies for his hard work. And then he has to go home and, um, he doesn't have any energy to give to his wife or to his child. And he feels like he's in a place where people could snap and that black men are in a, um, very sensitive, um, mental state, uh, at that time. And Nikki Giovanni basically replied with, um, points that I, I, uh, very much so agreed with, but I agreed with them. But um, I still think that she was in a situation. I think it was a. I think it was a situation in the conversation where she couldn't really put herself in the position of a man. But still, her reply was good because this is what she said. She basically said that she understands that a man has to go and uh, be subjugated to mistreatment by the white man 
uh, at work. But the energy that you give the white man to keep a smile on his face is the energy that you need to be bringing home to satisfy your wife so that you can raise a child properly and give him an image that a black man and a black woman can create a family unit and can create a better life um, in this country. And she was saying that, you know, um, you know, if you can't, if you feel like you're trapped and you can't um, work in that position, then you have to leave the job. And James Baldwin is saying, well, how am I going to put money on? The, how am I going to put food on the table? And she was like, well, the rent will get paid. She was, she was just so sure in her mind that um, everything would be all right. And James Baldwin was speaking from the pride of a man. Like, what do you mean everything will be all right? How can you just say that? How could you? And as a woman, you know, the woman is the natural provider in society. Um, so if she says that it's going to get done, um, it's going to get done. And, our, you, you know, you can't really argue with that. You can't argue with primal instinct. And that's um, it was a beautiful conversation all over. And, um, you know, it's, it's very beautiful seeing. Um, our authors and our activists and our speakers and everybody, our black leaders from the past really give intellectual thought on things that <clears throat> we're still experiencing today because we can learn from the things that they've said. And that's what I've been doing on YouTube um, as of lately. I don't want to get too deeply into it just because um, I would rather you guys do your own research and I don't want to, I don't want to give you guys um the idea that you need to follow behind a black leader. I think that personally, everyone needs to educate themselves and um, study their history and make decisions based on the things that they learn rather than um, being given someone um, to listen to and assume that everything that they're saying is law or that is absolutely correct. You know, think for yourself. Um, I think that's the theme of the episode this week uh free thought give us us free um but yeah that's pretty much it uh i just been watching a lot of youtube videos man like it's been real heavy and then like seeing these crowds especially like i watched a Khalid muhammad video earlier today where he was in front of a live audience and you know there were like the first two rows were like all black men and black women and then, like, the upper three rows were, like, white people. And then the interaction between the white people and Khalid Muhammad and the white people and the black crowd. And, you know, it's it's just so jarring to see how segregated things were not so long ago and how integrated things have um, seemingly become, but not actually. So... Yeah, I just wanted to share my thoughts on some things that I've been watching. And um, I guess I'll just talk about Insecure because. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I'll talk about Insecure really quickly. So Insecure this week was good. It was very good. Um, it was directed by Kerry Washington, by the way. Shout out to Kerry, the behind the scenes um photos for this episode for this week's episode were pretty dope and um 
it's great to see people in elements that you don't usually get to see them in. So Kerry Washington being in the director's seat was actually very cool. But the episode opens with Issa and a montage of Issa and Lawrence um, going throughout time and spending time together um, in Lawrence's apartment and all the things that they're doing on the couch, basically like fucking and eating and working on their laptops and watching TV together and stuff like that. And, you know, it's one of those montages where you think that Issa's going to wake up or Issa's going to snap out of it. And it's pleasantly not one of those things. It was actually very beautiful to see Issa and Lawrence together because it just works. Their chemistry on screen works and their characters seemingly to be seem to be meant for each other. But you never know because um, this whole San Francisco thing is starting to seem like um, it's going to become more and more relevant within their relationship very soon. Um I think that the interaction between Molly and Issa uh, with them meeting up and talking was weird. If I were in that position, I would definitely express my feelings um, about everything that happened at the black party. But I could see how you would want that initial conversation to not be so heavy and you know you just want to catch up especially if it's been weeks or even months since you've seen that person so i get how molly felt like Issa should have been Issa should have addressed how everything that happened but at the same time i understand Issa um thinking that molly just wanted to cool off and i'm glad speaking of molly i'm very glad that she um has decided to go back to therapy because if there's one character that needs to go to therapy, it's definitely her. And also, you know, it's just dope seeing black characters going to therapy in general and that being uh, destigmatized because niggas need therapy. I think I'm going to sell a shirt that say niggas need therapy because I saw a sign from a protest that said niggas need therapy and it just resonates so crazy. But um, yeah. Uh, so the episode goes along and we basically see that Molly, um, she, she felt that she felt that the conversation or the meetup in general wasn't, wasn't genuine just because they didn't address the things that needed to be addressed. And, um, in the midst of all of that conversation that she was having with Andrew, um, Issa gets a text from Nathan and to to help him move. So she's texting him and then she brings it up to Lawrence and Lawrence is like not making a big deal out about it. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable with you helping your ex fling or whatever move into his apartment. And, um, you know, it was really interesting because Lawrence didn't he didn't show any type of jealousy at all. And I think that that was important to be displayed but i think what was more interesting was that Issa went to help nathan and that he was actually like really heavily pushing up on her like i for some reason i just wasn't expecting that and i don't know why i don't i didn't think that he would try that but i know one thing that i didn't expect at all was his reaction when she told him that she was still or that she was dealing with him 
uh him being Lawrence again. Uh because he was mad salty. Like, oh, the nigga you cheated on and I know he could be sometimes. Yeah, I was like, damn, yo, he sound like a hater. And uh, it was funny because I was just on Twitter and I saw this um it was a screen cap of that moment in the in the episode and uh <laughs> a picture of LL next to him. I thought that was really funny. But yeah, you know, um so in that scene, Nathan basically used the, that time to explain that um, he was bipolar because Issa brought up the fact that, you know, he was somebody who uh, he being Lawrence was somebody who could stay around and, you know, build a relationship. And I don't know. I felt like it was cheap for him to use his bipolar card at that moment, especially since he's basically been around and he's been trying to, like, get back with Issa. Uh, without like really addressing that but regardless um Issa shows sensitivity and she's um she shows sympathy for you know everything that he's been going through and um the episode ends with Issa and um Nathan ending up at the old apartment that Nathan and Andrew um shared where Molly had just that Molly had just got to and um they they being Molly and Andrew were arguing because earlier in the episode Andrew had invited her to a basketball game a Clippers game with um Andrew and his brother and she passed on it she was like you know what just go just you just go with your brother and like have it be a guys night out so when they when Issa and Andrew, uh, when Issa and Nathan showed up <clears throat> Andrew and Molly were arguing because Andrew was like, yo, like, um, you should have came to the game with us. Like, I like we had a good time, but it was supposed to be all three of us. So I don't understand why. Like, do you are you just not going to see my brother again? And Molly was like, well, you should have known that um, you shouldn't have put me in a position that I didn't want to be in. And Andrew was like, well, like, it's like, it's my brother. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and Molly was like, she just didn't really understand. And that's kind of where Issa and, and Nathan came in. And um, they sat down and they basically had dinner after this. And then Molly sent Issa a text message that was supposed to be for Andrew. And um, basically it led to Issa leaving um, in a hurry and, Molly and Issa having a conversation outside of Andrew's apartment about how she just felt like Issa wasn't somebody who fit into her life anymore. And I think that she expected Issa to like, are you back with her about why she was worth being in her life? But Issa just chalked it up to saying, okay, because at the end of the day, I feel like Issa did a whole lot in that short time span to, try to make the relationship work in terms of not letting anything major getting in between them. And then at the, um, at the black party, Molly blew up on her. And then even after all this happens, Issa approaches Molly again to fix the issue. And Molly can't get over the fact that she, over the fact that she doesn't know if she wants to mend the relationship with Issa. She just knows that in her heart that she's right. And she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, she's one of those people who, like, wants an apology from somebody. But once they get the apology, they're still not over the situation. And I'm not saying that 
well, whatever. I won't get into that. But yeah, so it was it was a pretty good interest. It was a pretty good episode overall. I would definitely say, and um, I'm very excited to see the finale. And I wonder if they'll wrap up looking for Latoya. I hope they do. I hope it's like something short, sweet, and hilarious. And the last thing that we'll talk about this week is um, this film, Watch Stacks. And Watch Stacks was basically a festival for the Watts community in California. And it uh, it showcased, it showcased uh, different faces and perspectives around the community. And it touched on a few topics like being called a nigger and being natural and relationships between black women and uh, black men and um, dealing, dating people outside of your race, basically woman's perspective of men dating out of their race and a man's perspective. And um, why not to fight for your country and stuff like that. It was very good because it showed the perspective of Americans. The thing that I've been really interested in for this past week while the protests have been going on is looking back at the lives of people who protested um, from the former generation, like the 60s and the 70s. Like it's blowing my mind, the similarities and all the stuff that um, all the discussions that we're having, because we've been having the same discussions. So like all of the tweets and stuff where it's like we've been saying the same thing over and over, like as a black person, you don't even realize that you're like literally living in a time loop and that nothing is changing. And as a white person, you think like a white, a white person may think that this country is becoming more and more accepting as time goes on. And as a black person, you just know in your heart and mind that that's not true. And, um, it's so crazy, but the film was beautiful because, um, it showcased a bunch of perspectives throughout, um, the neighborhood of Watts and people gave their thoughts on all of the topics that I just named. And, um, we even got to see a performance of Isaac Hayes and, um, some other artists and it's a really good film and it's on HBO max. I would suggest it. Um, and I think I'll end with that. I think I'll end with that. Like I said earlier, um, I got a lot of dope stuff planned. I think that, I have a playlist waiting in the tuck. I think that it's going to either come out. It might come out this week. It might come out this week. It might come out Friday. So if you're listening to this, our playlist is most likely going to drop on Friday. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, I just had to get that off my chest. This is weird because I don't usually record all the way through, but it kind of just came out natural this week. And I hope you guys check it out. I know there's a lot going on, but, you know, I hope you guys check out my my podcast and use it as a break from everything that's going on in the world. I know I'm talking about what's going on in the world, but it's a lot calmer on this side. And, you know, we're keeping it groovy. Um, I got a giveaway that is very close. I just want to uh, make sure it's the right time in terms of all the protesting and stuff that's going on. I don't want to be insensitive. Or anything like that. Like I said before, the playlist is coming. Um, and I'm working on a lot of other projects for the podcast. So, like I say every week, 
send topics, questions, and music and movie suggestions. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram at Versus Mike History. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And it has been real. We will see you next week. Stay black, stay beautiful, and stay righteous. People, goodbye.